You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. We're here. We're here in week 16, trying to make it to the fantasy championship. I hope you had A.J. Brown in your lineup. I hope you had him in your lineup. That dude went off first half looking shaky, but second half that dude found his groove and is you know he made he, if he was in your lineup yesterday he made up for the entire season. You know what I mean? That was that was a killer killer week. Anyone if you if if, if I was going up against AJ Brown this week I'll be I'll be shaking shaking in my boots. Is that is that what they say? I I don't know, but I'll be scared. I'll be scared. That's for sure. All right. Um, I went over the, the the first eight matchups in yesterday's episode. Going to go over the next eight matchups in this episode. Uh, I'm going to go over the matchups, the usages, who I like this week, who I don't like this week, all that. Let's get right into it. We're going to start with the Giants at the Eagles. The Eagles are favored by 10 points, 40 and a half over under. Uh, Saquon Barkley, he's been limited to under 60% of snaps over the last two weeks. It seems as though the Giants aren't putting him out there for every snap since they have nothing to play for at this point. But Devontae Booker has looked great with his opportunities, especially last week. So expect this shift to continue, um, you know, moving forward. But he's Saquon's an RB2, you know, relatively safe PPR floor since he's pretty involved in the passing game. But he doesn't have much of a ceiling, you know, considering how, how shitty the Giants offense is. Uh, Miles Sanders finally had a game where he didn't get hurt. He looked great. You know, I'd start him as a solid RB2 this week. The Giants have given up the fifth most rushing yards over the last weeks, uh, last four weeks. Uh, another, you know, I think this is going to be another 100-yard game for him as long as he can stay healthy. Um, now, the Eagles had a walkthrough on Thursday. Miles Sanders' estimation was listed as a DNP. Did not practice with the quad. So just in case he can't go, it would be the Jordan Howard show as the 1A with Boston Scott as the 1B. Uh, Jordan Howard, you know, had 15 carries himself last week with Sanders active. So, you know, even if Sanders plays, he'll be a flex play who might be available on the waiver wire. So I'd expect Philly to be able to get some solid volume on the ground this week. Uh, Devontae Smith would be great, you know, if this team would pass the ball a bit more, but it ain't happening. So, you know, it probably won't happen this week either. The Eagles will likely be in control throughout this game and they're probably going to run all over the Giants. So he's a low end wide receiver three for me this week. Uh, Dallas Goddard looks so good on Tuesday night. It could have he could have even had a bigger game if he didn't drop some key passes. But he's a solid tight end one this week. Uh, Jalen Hurts did his thing last week as well. I'd start him as a solid QB one, um, even with the ankle potentially still you know an issue. Um, you know he looked fine on Tuesday night, and the Eagles defense, um, you know, obviously a, a pretty good stream this week as well. Moving on to the Bucks at the Panthers. The Bucks are favored by ten points. Uh, 44 over under. Uh, Tom Brady is still a solid QB one start, even without Chris Godwin and Mike Evans 
AB is set to make his return, although, you know, not sure if he was able to practice on Thursday. Actually, he did get a limited practice in. So just monitor that. I'll be, and remember, like, I'll be updating throughout, you know, Friday on my Instagram stories at Upper Hand Fantasy. Um, Antonio Brown uh, would be a wide receiver one play, assuming he does go. Uh, Brady still has Gronk, too. So, so Brady has a few guys he can rely on. You know, Gronk is a high-end tight end one play. He, he should be in lineups regardless of the matchup. Uh, Tal Johnson, you know, he's going to be the primary slot wide receiver in Chris Godwin's absence. So he becomes a PPR flex play uh, and, and can even be a wide receiver three going forward. If you're in need of a wide receiver this week, I'm okay putting him in my lineup. Brady has always depended on his slot wide receivers and Bruce Arians has always featured his slot wide receivers as well. So, he, you know, Tal Johnson's in a good spot. Um, he, he's had amazing college production and, you know, he's a talented player. Ronald Jones is a low-end RB1 start this week. He should, at the very least, be the early down back. And my guess is that he'll still be running routes on early down. So even if he comes off the field in obvious passing situations, I wouldn't be surprised you know, if Jones gets four or five targets. He was targeted on 14% of the routes that he did run last week. So that's not bad. Uh, and no, I'm not worried about Le'Veon Bell. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes the passing down role, though. Maybe not right away, though. I wouldn't depend on Cam Newton this week. You know, Matt Rule said that we'll probably see Sam Darnold as well. Who knows how long Cam Cam Newton will play. DJ Moore, he's still a high-end wide receiver three-start. He's getting the target share, you know, regardless of who's at QB. God bless him for dealing with this shitty QB situation this year. Not a mad, bad matchup. You know, I say high-end wide receiver three. I probably mean a low-end wide receiver three. <laughs> the more I think about it. And if I think about it more, I'm going to move him down. So I'm going to move on. Uh, if I'm starting a running back in this backfield, it's Amir Abdullah. He outsnapped Chuba Hubbard the last two weeks with McCaffrey out, and in what should be another negative game script, he's an okay PPR flex play uh, or an RB3 play. Uh, he ran around on more than 50% of dropbacks over his last three games, and the Bucks have allowed the second most receptions to running backs this year and the third most receptions to running backs over the last four weeks. And the Bucks' defense, too. Uh, they're a good play this week. Chargers at the Texans. Chargers are favored by 9 points, 46 point over under. Uh, Austin Eckler said that it's not looking good for him uh, this week. You never know. There can be a chance he gets a negative test before the game this week. Um, assuming he can't go, though, Justin Jackson would be the play, according to Austin Eckler. But if you look at week 15, um, he did lead the Chargers with a 53% snap share last week. And that was with Eckler active. Um, and he was the clear guy behind Eckler. So he ran around on more than 50% of Justin Herbert's dropbacks. The Texans are very vulnerable on the ground as well, so he can be efficient there. Uh, he'll be a high-end RB2 start for me this week if Eckler doesn't play. Keenan Allen is a wide receiver one start. Mike Williams is a boom-bust wide receiver three start, even in a decent matchup. Not sure how much the Chargers will have to pass anyway in this game. Jared Cook, he'd be a desperate tight end start this week simply because the Texans have been vulnerable against tight ends. Seven targets for Cook last week, so that 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 is something. Brandon Cooks was placed on the COVID list. Nico Collins is the next man up, and he's been running around on about 70% of dropbacks over the last three games. Uh, I wouldn't trust him against the Chargers secondary, um, but you know that right side, that right perimeter has been pretty vulnerable. Uh, for the Chargers defense over the last few weeks. So there is potential for a big play for Collins. Um, you know, if you're if you're in a super deep league and there's literally nobody on the waiver wire. Uh, if Cooks ends up clearing, uh, he would be a high-end wide receiver three play. I would stay away from the Texans' backfield. If I'm playing anyone, it's Rex Burkhead. He's been the guy getting most of the work over the last few weeks. Chargers defense, great stream this week. Justin Herbert, solid QB1 play. 
Bears at the Seahawks. Seahawks are favored by six and a half points, 44 point over under. I continue to start David Montgomery as a high-end RB2. Last three weeks, eight catches, six catches, five catches, 21 carries, 10 carries, 18 carries. Solid volume. Um, the offense isn't great, but they're making progress. There's some potential here for Montgomery against the Seahawks defense, you know, who's been vulnerable to running backs. So, um, so yeah, no, I, I would, I'll be fine starting Montgomery this week. Justin Fields is a low-end QB1 with upside. He has design rushes built in. He scrambles. He's getting it done in the passing game now. Uh, 285 yards passing last week against Minnesota. Not bad. Um, I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to his year next year, honestly. He, he, he's somebody that I'll definitely be, be aiming for, and I don't think you're going to have to pay a, a big price for him either. Uh, tougher matchup this week for Justin Fields, but I think he does have a solid floor. Darnell Mooney's target share isn't quite the same lately, uh, even without Allen Robinson this past week, only 19% target share. A-Rob should be back off the COVID list this week, but we'll see. Relatively tough matchup for Mooney this week, but he moves around enough uh, to, to get some decent matchups. So he's a low-end wide receiver three for me this week. Cole Komet has averaged eight targets over the last four weeks, uh, but with A-Rob potentially back, that can go down a little bit. Uh, still, this is a good matchup for him, so he's a solid streamer against the Seahawks. Tyler Lockett should be in lineups as a wide receiver too. Same with DK Metcalf. Uh, Metcalf has been frustrating, but this is a decent matchup, especially if Jalen Johnson misses another game. Listen, DK hasn't had a good game since week eight. So if you want to play the Russell Gages, the Amarase Browns, the Christian Kirks, I get it. I'm cool with that. Get your points. It is what it is. But Lockett does have a good matchup uh, out of the slot and the right side. Uh, those two spots where he runs 90% of his routes from combined, um, those are two pretty good matchups for him. Uh, Rashad Penny can be started as a low-end RB2. He should be the guy once again. Uh, but of course, you know, Penny had to leave the field a couple times due to an injury. The Seahawks are calling it cramps. Uh, he wasn't on the injury report on Wednesday, though, so he should be good to go. He can potentially uh, get some volume in this game. So let's just hope that he's, uh, he's hydrated and good to go this week. Russell Wilson is a back-end QB1. Uh, terrible fantasy outing last week, but but he does have a better matchup against Chicago at home this week. All right, moving on to the Steelers at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by 7.5 points, 44-point uh, over-under. Najee Harris should be in lineups as a solid RB1. Super disappointing last week, but you know congratulations if you made it to the second round in spite of him. He played 100% of snaps too, which is crazy to, you know, to think that. He played 100% of snaps, but he still couldn't get it done. Uh, but that 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 Tennessee off that Tennessee defense is is no joke, um, you know, especially when it comes to defending running backs. But yeah, he should be able to get it done this week. Much better matchup. He should be good to go. Uh, Deontay Johnson's matchup isn't amazing, but he's still a low end wide receiver. One start this week. Chase Claypool hasn't been you know playing a full complement of snaps and isn't running a route on more than sixty percent of dropbacks over the last few weeks. He's kind of getting it done with his opportunities, but it's tough to depend on him because of that. He's a low-end wide receiver three with upside if they do uh, if they do up his playing time. Pat Firemuth has a concussion. Uh, if he plays, he's a low-end tight end one because of this good matchup for him. If he can't clear the protocol, I wouldn't be going further down the depth chart to chase the tight end on this offense. Ben scares me a bit in this matchup, personally. Not sure I like him too much as a streamer. Patrick Mahomes, he's a solid QB1 start this week, but Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, both in the COVID list as of Friday morning. Uh, that would suck for everyone who has them and for Mahomes too. I still start Mahomes, but you know that would obviously suck. If these guys miss or at least you know one of them misses, 
Um, you know, and, and I want to start the next guy up. It would be Byron Pringle. He ran around on more than 70% of dropbacks over the last three weeks, and he can see an uptick in targets as the next man up. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's a good start this week. The Steelers have been terrible against running backs over the last several weeks, and he might get some extra targets this week because of these guys potentially missing. So I'm good with starting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Darrell Williams can also benefit for the same reasons if the Chiefs decide to depend on this backfield. Uh, He's a PPR flex play this weekend. Broncos at the Raiders. The Raiders are favored by 1.41.5 over under. It looks like Drew Locke will get the start this week. Probably should upgrade the wide receivers a bit, uh, but not too much. The game plan will still be to run the ball um, against against the Raiders. The, the Raiders have been vulnerable on the ground, so Melvin Gordon and Javante can both get it done this week. Javante did take a step forward last week in terms of playing time. Uh, he played on 59% of snaps compared to Gordon's 41%. He's also the guy on the field for most passing down snaps, too. These guys are both RB2s this week, and yeah, I am staying away from the wide receivers if possible. Noah Fant is the 1A at tight end, while Albert O is the 1B. They have good matchups this week, so they get an upgrade as streamable options. Fant is like a low-end tight end 1 this week, and Albert O is streamable as a dart throw because of the matchup. Hunter Renfro didn't have a great game against Denver the first time around, but I'm still starting him as a wide receiver too this week. The Broncos have actually allowed the 10th most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks, so he can do his thing. Darren Waller didn't practice on Thursday, so it doesn't seem like he'll be back this week. Josh Jacobs, he received the majority of work on Tuesday night against the Browns. He had 19 opportunities, but both Peyton Barber and Jalen Richard were involved. This is a pretty tough matchup, so I'd label him as an RB2 this week, maybe around RB20, 21 or so. All right, Washington football team at the Cowboys on Sunday night. The Cowboys are favored by 10 points, 47.5 over under. Antonio Gibson didn't practice this week as of Thursday with that toe injury he suffered on Tuesday night. It's possible that he doesn't play this week. Ron Rivera did describe it as something similar to what he had last year when he missed a couple of games. Jared Patterson will be the next man up. He'll be like a flex play or RB3 play if you're looking for a replacement. Terry McLaurin played about 50% of snaps before he left the last uh, Cowboys game with a concussion. But before that, he only had about three targets and caught none of them. So not the best matchup for him. He's not too dependable right now. I'm fine looking for another option if you can't take another bad game from him. He hasn't had a good game since week 11. And the last good game before that was week 7. And the last one before that was week 4. So I can understand looking for a replacement. Ricky Seals-Jones took the lead in terms of routes between him and John Bates last week, but he's not the every-down tight end like we saw before when Logan Thomas went down. So, so not, Well, not yet at least, right? Not someone I'd be looking to stream this week, but seven targets last week isn't you know too bad, all things considered. Dak Prescott has been super disappointing. I don't know how we can trust him going into this week. You know, grab one of these other guys with safer floors, Tua, Justin Fields, hell, you know, even Tyler Huntley, to be honest. CeeDee Lamb, um, you know, he's a high and wide receiver two play. Amari Cooper, he might get the squeaky wheel treatment to, uh, th- this week. He, he's been, re- he, he was like kind of complaining a little bit about, about, about the offense and him not getting the ball enough, all that. Uh, I would call him a high and wide receiver three play this week. Gallup. Michael Gallup will be a solid flex play with upside. The matchups are solid all around. Um, CD's matchup is particularly good out of the slot. Um, I think for about half of Cooper's and Gallup's routes, they'll be good when running on the right side um, of the perimeter. Uh, Washington has been pretty good on the left perimeter, but these two run about you know 50% of the routes on each side. 
Um, you want to hear some, some crazy, something crazy? Zeke has been under four yards per carry in seven of his last eight games. That's terrible. He's a low-end RB2. Touchdowns are going to save him. You know, I'm going to probably rank him around like the RB19 or something like that. Um, his targets have been down too. You know, with Tony Pollard back, like <laughs> I almost rather start him at this point for some upside. But the only problem is that Zeke, you know, is going to get the goal line look. So that's why, you know, he normally gets a nod over Pollard. Dalton Schultz is a low-end tight end one. He caught all eight of his targets last week. He ran around on 90% of Dak's dropbacks over the last two. So that's pretty solid. Um, Dolphins at the Saints. The Saints are favored by three points, 38.5 over under. Jalen Waddell is back, so start him as a solid wide receiver too. Devontae Parker might be shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore, but that's okay. You know, he's still a solid wide receiver three with upside. Mike Gusecki has a tough matchup, but I'm still starting him uh, as a solid tight end one this week. I'd expect Tua to pass the ball a ton in this game. Saints are pass funnel defense, you know, given how good their rush defense is and the fact that their pass defense is vulnerable. He's a low in QB1 that I do like this week with Waddle back. I wouldn't trust this backfield right now if you if you think you know uh, it, how it's going to play out between Duke Johnson and Miles Gaskin. I think you're lying to yourself. <laughs> Regardless, this is a pretty tough matchup. I like to avoid it if possible. Taysom Hill most likely out this week with covid and Trevor Simeon is also out, so the Saints will likely be starting their rookie quarterback, Ian Book. That would upgrade the Dolphins' defense play, for sure. Alvin Kamara gets a bit of an upgrade because of Taysom Hill missing, uh, more rushing attempts for him, and possibly more targets as well. Kamara was only on the field for 61% of snaps last week. Mark Ingram had 49% to himself too, which is a bit, you know, which is a much higher number than you want to hear if you have Kamara. So hopefully this moves. Uh, back into Kamara's favor a bit, but he's still an RB1 start. Um, so that's it. Those are all the games. Um, I, I want to wish everybody a, a Merry Christmas. Hope everybody have, has a happy holiday. Enjoy this time with your family. Um, I know that, you know, my kids, and by the way, um, I, I, I'm recording it. I'm recording over it right now. But my while I was recording this, my kid just busted into my office while I was recording. And she was she wanted to show me her Polar Express book that she got signed yesterday by Santa, and she was so excited. And you know, it's just something you know. This time of year is just you know, it's cool. You know what I mean? Like kids are so excited about everything. You know, it's Christmas Eve. Santa's gonna come through tonight. Eat some cookies, drink some milk, drop some presents off. And the kids are. Excited. I have a five and a half year old and a three and a half year old, two girls, and they're pumped. And we're pumped to see them pumped. So enjoy this time with your family. Um, hope everyone has a Merry Christmas. I hope everybody makes it to the Fantasy Championship. That will probably be the ultimate Christmas present for for a lot of us. So I'm, I'm, I'm wishing the best for you guys. Wishing the best for your families. Wishing the best for your fantasy team this week. Good luck. Um, and I will see you guys on Tuesday. Um, so yeah. But you'll see me throughout throughout the weekend on the Instagram posts and stuff like that, Instagram stories. And also I'll be live on Sunday uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern time and then live again at noon Eastern time, one hour before kickoff um, to kind of answer some last minute start set questions. All right. So take it easy, guys. Have a great weekend. I'll see you soon. Later.